It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another Dunkin' Philly victory show. Mmm. Football and free coffee. Let's break this thing down. Right here on BGN Radio. Part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Sanchez in the gun again. McCoy to his left. Second goal at the two. And keeps it and plows into the end zone. Touchdown Eagles. That was quick. He fakes. He rolls. He looks. He fires. Complete. Jordan Matthews touchdown. That'll be second down and 20. Sanchez back again. He looks, he pumps, he fires, complete. Down across the 45, the 50, is Jeremy Macklin. Still on his feet at the Cowboys 40, at the 30, at the 25, and all the way down to the 20. The amazing thing, Brad, that in, in this game, we have not had a turnover yet. And the Eagles had 19 force fumbles. They were number one in the NFL doing that. Romo's back. Romo looks, he fires, he completes it to Beasley. Beasley at the 30, and he's got a first. He lost the football at the 35-yard line. The Eagles have it. I believe it's recovered by the Eagles. It is. Running with the football is Nate Allen, and Nate Allen pushed out of bounds down near the 10. Middle of the third quarter, second and six at the Dallas 39. There's a handoff to McCoy. He's out three to the right to the 30. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, and in for the touchdown. Shady McCoy! They take the knee again for the last time. And that is it as the seconds tick away. There have been a lot of games over the years played for the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. I don't know that they have ever absorbed this kind of licking from beginning to end. The final score, the Eagles defeat the Dallas Cowboys 33 to 10. What is going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Are you kidding me, baby? What a perfect Duncan Philly victory show this is going to be. Uh, stuffing and uh, just outright clobbering the Cowboys. And, of course, as always, before we get into anything, 
One of the best ways to celebrate an Eagles victory is with free Dunkin' Donuts coffee. That's right. Dunkin' Donuts in the greater Philadelphia area runs the Eagles win. You win program so fans can score a free medium hot or iced coffee the day after each Eagles victory with a special offer from the Dunkin' Mobile app. You download the app. Give them a follow at Dunkin' Philly on Twitter. Find them on Facebook. All for more information, Eagles fans run on Duncan and I'm running on adrenaline. I feel like I haven't slept. Um, it's the, just a little, the day after the game here on Friday. So that's when we're recording this and good God guys. I mean, I got to tell you all week leading up to this, you heard nothing, but, ah, you know, from Cowboys fans, ah, yeah, they don't respect our, our running run game. They don't respect our offensive line. Look at Benny Logan and Fletcher Cox saying it's the same offensive line and da, 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 that's just disrespectful. Well, then they just come out and, Pretty much crushed the entire Cowboy fan narrative heading into this one. This was the sharpest game, I think, on both sides of the ball of the year thus far. I I can't say enough, man. I mean, this was this was an absolute domination. And you can tell that Romo was out there seeing ghosts, seeing everything else, really worrying about his back and his future, and he probably should be. But these are the things that are going to continue to creep up on the, the Cowboys uh, throughout the rest of of the year into the stretch here. Um, I, I mean, I I think everybody thought at some point, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a, it's a short week. It's a Thursday game. Usually those things can go either way. And if you can win this and steal this one, it's a humongous advantage going into the rest of the year. And baby, did they ever do it? Brandon Lee Gowton, Mr. Patrick Wall, all joining us here on the Duncan uh, Victory Show. And I've just got to say before we get to them, that we are still giving away tickets. We got we're down to like one week. So one of those games is when the Cowboys come in here two weeks. Uh and uh ne- just coming up this week, we're going to uh announce it on the preview show next week of the winner of the tickets to the Seattle game, which is another humongous uh, you know, important game this week. So all you gotta do is just find us on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. There's a pin tweet there, tells you all the directions. Just retweet and follow and all that good stuff. Brandon Lee Gowton, can you take me down from this high? Because I don't think you can, sir. What's going on, my friend? No, I, I don't think I can. I think, uh, you know, your energy in this podcast is going to be at, you know, a record high. <laughs> yeah, I'm at, I'm at four cups of Dunkin' Donuts coffee right here, my friend. Like, I am, I, I just can't, I can't believe the domination, Patrick. How, do, how are you feeling after this one, too? You feeling the same way, bud? Yeah, and John, why would we want to take you down from your high? This now, is the best. This is the best week of the season. No, this is. I just the entire game. I just kept laughing. I just kept laughing. The first two opening drives. I mean, it was just. It was literally like a hot knife running through butter. Um, Dave Mangles, our good friend. I mean, just if you couldn't post an article at a, at a more perfect time and just say how bad the Dallas defense actually is, and it's how it's all a humongous big mirage, and it came true, Brandon, and you know. I mean, what what else can you say about this offensive line and Shady McCoy finally just getting it together last night? Uh, it was it was definitely the performance that the Eagles needed. Uh, you know, they went up against this Dallas defense that, as you said, and as Dave wrote, you know, it was very flawed. You know, the thing about the Cowboys is you know, they're not a fraud team. They're very good at what they do, and that's what we've been saying all year. If you cannot stop that run, they're going to run over you. DeMarco Murray is going to make things easy for the passing game. He's going to open things up. He's going to hide that defense if you cannot stop that run. But if you do stop that run, it falls apart that quickly, and that's what we saw yesterday. You saw this Dallas defense was just totally gassed. They couldn't 
handle the amount of plays that they were facing and not only the amount, but just, you know, just not being able to defend them well. So it, it just even if they faced a shorter amount of plays, you know, it, it still would have been a struggle for them. Uh, this really, really just a perfect result for the Eagles here. And, you know, I was saying all season, not to toot my own horn here, but I just, I genuinely felt that the Eagles matched up very well against this Dallas team because they can stop the run. They have a strong front seven. They have big guys up front, Fletcher Cox, Benny Logan, Cedric Thornton. And for all the people giving Benny Logan crap this week about him saying <laughs> Dallas Cowboys offensive line wasn't impressive he wasn't even talking trash he wasn't trying to be mean he was just being honest and that's that's what he saw yesterday yeah and um you know it's just that's i go back to that because there was all the all the old articles that we were reading up to it is just even one that i i had commented on over on blogging the boys i actually thought it was a, a really nice article it was just saying you know should the cowboys be tempted to throw on the Eagles, and I chimed in. I said, "Absolutely, you should." I was like, "I, I know you guys want your Demarco Murray is is a god, and so is our offensive line type of game plan." But you're going strength against strength, really there, and it, and it's just why not? Why wouldn't you attack? You know, semi well, strength versus weakness. I, I have no idea why they didn't launch and go after you know Fletch and Kerry Williams and all that stuff who both played phenomenal games I think this is one of the times where they were amped up and you saw that happen but for whatever reason they they decided not to go to the air even after the quick scoring and all that stuff well we're going to remain balanced and I was watching the game with my brother and we just kept laughing I was like fine you want to run the ball for seven minutes and not score points <laughs> well you know the Eagles will be happy to, to come back and take that on I mean Patrick you can't Fletcher Cox had such an amazing game. And, and after getting so much him and Han, I, I really do think you have to sign this entire defensive front immediately. How did you think the front seven performed last night? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I feel like the conversation we're, we're having now about Fletcher Cox is the same conversation we were having about uh, Connor Barwin a couple of weeks ago where, you know, his value was quote unquote, uh, the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. And boy, he's been showing up in the stat sheet recently. I mean, about training camp, we were we were worried about Fletcher Cox, and you know, he didn't really show much. We were kind of worried about if the three four was really ideal for him, and all of this. I mean, he's just been a, a monster. I mean, we knew that that Cedric Thornton was 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 solid and and very productive, and we knew what Benny could do. Um, but Fletcher is supposed to be your blue chipper up there. He's your first round pick. He's, I believe, a top fifteen pick. Uh, so you know, this is. On one hand, what we expected from him, but on the other hand, it's uh, it's really nice to watch your guys develop and then play at this outstanding level. I mean, the front three makes all the difference. Absolutely, and um, yeah, I, I would I'll go on record saying I think that's probably Mark Sanchez's best game so far, and I think that's that's probably the best quarterback performance we've seen all year. Um, I think that obviously has a lot to do in large part with the running game and being able to just absolutely shred that Dallas defense, which <laughs> we've said time and time again, and this went even back to last year, when you play that Tampa 2-style defense or whatever t uh, type of Tampa 2 that Dallas runs, I mean, you know, you saw Sproles have one-on-one -on -one matchups and McCoy one-on-one -on -one matchups on the outside on those short screens. The, the numbers were never correct. I think they went in and tried to play man for for a little bit, and that didn't really work either. So, uh, I mean, this instills the most confidence I think everybody has had all year here. Seattle is obviously another tough challenge. 
I don't think there's going to be a letdown type of type of mantra, or there shouldn't be uh, when they when they come and uh, play the Eagles in just a little bit because they're you know again they're going to I think is that Brandon's Dallas coming off a short week as well after that don't they play the Bears in between there on the Thursday night game and then they come in or is that another ten day rest for them? Watch well, it'll be a long week for them right because they play oh, the right, Bears yeah right, Thursday okay. and then so so yeah. it's, it, it's a long week but again you know they <laughs> they had a long week against the Giants too and. Um, they, they play better away than they do home, so we'll have to see how that goes out. But getting back to Sanchez here, BLG, I mean, he looked great. All those, all those other things that we had mentioned about, man, if he really just pulled down the ball and went uh, a, a few times here and there just to keep the defense honest, then it really, really worked out last night. Absolutely. That was something I really saw in the Tennessee game. You know, there are just so many opportunities where I'm thinking, you know, hey, the Titans are really cheating on the run here. You got to take one of these and just get what you can because it's it's there. There's just so much space, and he did take advantage of those yesterday. He even pump faked after being like seven <laughs> yards beyond the line of scrimmage at one point, which is which is pretty awesome. Uh, love that. But uh, yeah, he he was great, and not only just taking off downfield, but they really got him out in space. You know, on the run to make some of these throws, and that's just something we've really seen him be comfortable doing. He'll roll out find Jordan Matthews wide open, streaking across the field. Uh, really just impressed with how Sanchez performed yesterday. Uh, a couple of miscues. Nothing really too bad, though. I think, you know, you kind of wipe those out when you consider Zach Ertz had a ball in his hands, dropped it. Mm-hmm. would have been a tough catch, but still, you know, it's there. I think the, I was talking to Matt, and he was saying that the play, uh, I think it was the it was that series where they got into the, to the end zone the first time before that turnover before that Boykin forced fumble in the, in the red zone there. And uh, Sanchez was looking for Brad Smith, and he overthrew him or something, or there was a miscommunication. Uh, Matt was saying he, he he rewatched it, and it looks like Brad Smith stopped running his route. You know, so you can't yeah. just, you know, maybe you can't just blame Sanchez here. But, uh, you know, really, really encouraging from him. I really think uh, I have a hard time seeing the, the team going back to Foles at this point. We don't really know the status of Foles' injury. There was a report. Earlier in the week uh, by McLean, Jeff McLean, that said that uh, Fold's injury might be a little worse than the six to eight week time frame. We'll see. They're supposed to be supposed to have a CT scan today. So we'll see. But I just think if you're winning with Sanchez, I just don't see how you bench him. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's so there's been so many different kind of conflicting reports with the Foles injury, too. You know, it's like, oh, it's going to be shorter. Oh, no, it's going to be same timeline. Now it's going to be longer. I think there's 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 a lot of weird things happening there. And I mean, as cruel (laughs) in total fanism, look, this is not going to be a professional statement at all. But there was a flash of Nick Foles on the sideline. And I said, oh, maybe somebody accidentally like elbowed him, you know, in the shoulder just on the way out saying a good game. Look, and and that's not I'm not trying to disrespect Foles at all. I just think, you know, we've all kind of felt that, hey, um, we don't know. We still don't know the long term answer with Sanchez. uh, But for this year, he has to continue uh, quarterbacking this team because it I, I think you know he, all the, the the only thing left that he really has to prove to any of us or or just me really is just to string those things consistently together no turnovers is is awesome looking like he had total control of everything it, it was phenomenal and you know we it seems like every time we talk about 
uh, getting a quarterback or like making a change or maybe we should do all this. Just a fantastic performance ends up happening there. So, I mean, yeah, uh, Patrick, anything to add with Sanchez and uh, and kind of the future of the rest of the schedule here? Uh, are, are you do you want uh, Sanchez in for the rest of the time? Yeah, I don't think it makes sense to go back to Nick Foles just because things are clicking well. I mean, the Titans game was kind of weird in that it was a very felt like a very disjointed blowout, but it was a blowout. This game was pretty satisfying. I mean, look at the numbers. Sanchez threw the ball 29 times, 217 yards, and two total touchdowns. When the running game gets going, and this is something that we saw all of last year but haven't really seen this year, when the running game gets going, it takes so much pressure off of your quarterback that Mark Sanchez can throw 25 to 30 times a game Mm -hmm. for a touchdown or two and will still win by 20 every game. I mean, when the running game is going, it makes such a big difference. And with the defense playing, you know, as well as it has been and and the pass rush being there and the secondary, you know, showing up half the time. I mean, this team has not reached its ceiling yet. And it's really nice to have a quarterback who, you know, He's not he's not a world beater, but, you know, he can do more than manage a game. And even then, you don't need him to do that half the time when the running game is, is playing well. Yeah. And the and the only thing that I mean, I, th- I guess the only really two things, if you want to have concerns about him, one is the player Riley Cooper still. And that whole that whole spat between uh, between him and Sanchez, I thought was awesome. I thought that was that was one of my favorite parts of the game. And then I think the next shot of. Uh, Cooper talking to the wide receiver coach and you know the wide receiver coach is clearly saying well you know you gotta you gotta turn around and look for the ball bud <laughs> um yeah I, I just Brandon what is what is really the hold up for the for the change from you know Huff to even eat more snaps of of Riley Cooper is this just a a, a rookie that you know don't Chip doesn't really like to play rookies type of thing here going on I know the obvious the, the turnovers are problems and all that stuff but is it is it really gonna matter I think they're both equally good at blocking. I, I definitely think Huff needs to earn more playing time here. And by earn, I mean, put him in, <laughs> just put him, <laughs> just put him in. Um, I, I definitely think Huff should be taking some of some Riley snaps. Uh, you know, to Riley's credit, he is a pretty good blocker. I think you saw that yesterday on the Macklin play, the big uh, Macklin reception where, uh, you know, Macklin makes that catch along the right sideline starts running down the field. Riley even waves him over to his side. And, and you look at that play. I watched that a couple of times over and Riley just dominates his man down the field to totally just, you know, creates like, I don't know, like 20 more yards after the catch for Macklin there. But, you know, it, you know, it's just hard because being a blocking wide receiver is great and all, but that, you know, I just, it's not really justifying the production into maybe to more to Riley's credit as well. I thought he had some decent catches early in the game. Some of those early drives, he was catching these short passes, you know, making it second in short or third in short or mm-hmm. whatever. So, you know, but again, it's not good enough overall. You need to mix Huff in there more. I don't think Chip is going to do it because like I said, with the blocking, but you know, Huff's a good blocker too. So I feel like, you know, yeah. you, you got to get him in there. You got to get Riley off the field. He's just, he's just not good. And, you know, I've been wondering, a lot this year. Uh, uh, I think a lot of us thought, I think almost everyone thought Riley wasn't going to be anything close to what he was last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the problem, maybe he had that high ankle injury in the summer that really kept him out. I don't think that screwed up things from a chemistry perspective. I don't really buy into that. I just think maybe physically he's not there where he was last year. 
You look at the other guys who had a high ankle injury. Matt Tobin, he's been really struggling this year. He got benched. Uh, Alan Barbary had a high ankle injury in week one, and they put him on season-ending injured reserve. So yeah. is that a factor? I don't know. Maybe that's that's just my theory. I think there's. I think that's a little bit of a factor. I think you could, you could probably say that about Josh Huff and his development and all that stuff too. Uh, injuries definitely slow anything down here, but I just think from a – I don't even think it's physical. From a mental standpoint – Riley Cooper almost looks like he is checked out. At least, at least it was in this kind of game. Like it just, you know, the the bobble and then quick grab back for the first down. The timing was always off. I mean, obviously, especially on that one after the spout and you know hit him in the butt. <laughs> it wasn't expecting the ball. It's just that it seems like that he's he's not ready for some of the stuff that's coming his way. Um, and I, I'm seeing that more with Sanchez than I did with Foles. So I don't know if there's just like a Maybe there's a little love-hate thing going on between him. I know pro- Riley's probably not the most favorite guy in the locker room, but uh, I don't think that – I don't know if that has anything to do with it either. Um, any theories on that, Patrick? Yeah, I don't want to speculate as to what the locker room thinks of him, um, but I will say that I think the reason that he's still out there is because he's big. He's the biggest receiver on the team. I mean, you saw they, they tried to throw an end zone fade to him this year. He's been fairly <laughs> successful at that in recent past. But, I mean – yeah, I mean, you don't want to force a rookie like Josh Huff into the starting lineup um, when you have a veteran who can block, who can go up for passes uh, when he's paying attention. You know, <laughs> it's just going to take time. I don't anticipate Riley Cooper having much of a of a role on this team next year if he's even here. Um, but I think we just kind of have to deal with it for the rest of the season here. Um, I, As for, you know, what's going on, I think probably part of it is that he's maybe not checked out, but um, maybe is fighting a little less than he should be for, you know, playing time or for the ball even. Uh, I think he realizes maybe that the writing is on the wall to a certain degree, and which which makes less sense to me because you're still trying to put up tape for other teams. It's not like you come into the league with a sterling reputation. Like, yeah. if you hit free agency, everyone's going to want, you know, that great locker room presence. <laughs> so I'm not really sure what he, what he thinks he's doing, but, uh, you know, I... Yeah. Yeah, especially when it gets like, you know, the whole Macklin thing and the contract, just yeah. really dumb statements like just don't talk. Com- just be quiet. <laughs> just com- being completely defensive and I think yeah, I mean I think that's way more to your point of the the writings on the wall and he's probably you know, I'm I'm sure that there's he's got a ton of people chirping in his ear and uh speaking of uh, good chirps, let's uh let's head and see what you guys are talking about. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. And once again, uh, yeah, the Duncan Philly Hotline always open. 267 245 6066. If you want to drop in anytime, we'll definitely put you on the air. You want to react to this game or anything that's coming up with Seattle that you're concerned or want to know, we'll uh, we'll definitely put you on the air. Uh, just checking in uh, at all the tweets at BGN underscore radio. John, our good friend Johnny Page checking in. Uh, scrap the last podcast. Don't need to trade the house for a QB. Definitely not shady. <laughs> Build a great team. We can survive with the average QB play. I, I do agree that that's it's it's still quarterback friendly. We all know that. Um, now, if, you know, if Sanchez starts to string these things together and that kind of game plan starts to work out, 
It might change my mind. Um, but uh, our good friend Zach Anderson also checking in. Uh, this is the Eagles division, and it's not even close. Sanchez's best game. I said Sanchez, even though it says Sanchez. It just <laughs> happens. Sanchez's best game. Also thankful uh, for you guys doing quality work. Otherwise, we would be stuck with something like Cowboys Nation uh, shutters. And our other good friend, uh, Joel Bryant, coming in. Great game. Could have been even bigger. Only uh, field goals in the red zone. And uh, Cowboys line was holding all day. Yeah, that was. I think that was. I think that's kind of sem- the semi mo. Um, but I'd I'd rather have him play through it because there was definitely a couple of Fletch calls. Obviously that that one uh, big one when they're him and Des were kind of shoving each other back and forth. But uh, he does mention f- uh, field goals in the red zone, which I think is the only real concern. Again, you can come out from this BLG. Um, the, you know why? Why is that? Why is there? Why was there so many red zone struggles uh, in Dallas last night? I think some of it was just an execution stamp. That first series of red zone uh, plays before the end of the first half there, I think they were kind of just being a little conservative with the run. They were trying to make, you know, because uh, it was under the two-minute warning, and I think they really wanted to make Dallas burn their time timeouts. So I think they kind of went conservative there, you know, and Dallas probably knew they were going to run there. So I think that kind of gave them less of an advantage in that specific situation. So you take one of those and, you know, you kind of account for that. And the other one, uh, Zach Ertz had the ball right in his hands, like I said earlier, uh, just drop the pass, you know, you make that, it's a touchdown. Uh, difficult play because the defender was right there, but still hit him in the hands, you got to make that catch. Also, when you're not getting on the field a lot and you're not getting a lot of playing time and you, you have to make the most of those opportunities. Another time I, I, I said, you know, that Brad Smith miscommunication with Sanchez and then there was the uh, the Riley the Riley butt pass. If, if Riley makes that, that's a touchdown. I watched the replay. I'm pretty sure he's getting in there. So, you know, just just some execution errors. It, it's been a, a theme all year that they've struggled down there. No denying that. But I, I don't think there's anything, like, inherently stopping them. You know, they have an offensive line that's capable of getting the job done. You know, I saw that yesterday. It's not like you can point to one single thing. I think you could say they, they should give Chris Polk more goal line carries or whatever. I don't think that moves the needle a lot. I just I just think they need to execute better. It's that simple. Yeah, and one of the things, that, and Chris Polk, I think they actually, I, I think I understand that role more or less. You're, you're using the high, uh, you know, the high momentum, high velocity, Sproles, McCoy, and then when the defense is completely gassed and tired and you need to run the last eight minutes off, well, bring in the pounder because he's going to run over you for those those extra first downs. So I, I actually I like that kind of thing. I do, I don't think having him running there is going to be even you know any more dynamic or anything. Maybe late towards the game, sure, but um, I'm going to look ahead just a little bit, P. Wall, because you know Brandon had mentioned that this was a this was a really good matchup for the Eagles defense and how they run things. You know, I'm peeking at Seattle, and obviously we'll have more breakdowns on the preview show, but. I think that kind of works into this Eagles team's strengths as well. I'm not a humongous fan of their wide receiving core. Obviously, Doug Baldwin and Curse uh, and whoever else is they're trotting out there, they really don't have a passing game. So I, it really does feel like another San Francisco type of feel, except you don't have to go to the West Coast. Are you feeling like they, this this team could absolutely almost not do the same thing, but you know, keep uh, Marshawn Lynch in control here because that's their main output of the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you key on them. You are you key on on Marshawn, and you do 
to the Seahawks, what everybody's been trying to do to the Eagles all season. I mean, you really focus on on Marshawn Lynch. You put a spy on uh, Russell Wilson, and you know, you let your guys go make plays. I mean, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird game. I think without having looked at the numbers too much, I could just see this being kind of one of those, uh, you know, just kind of w- wacky games. But it's at home, which helps. It's gonna the crowd. You know, the crowd's gonna be juiced up after a big Thanksgiving one against Dallas. Um, I had said earlier in the week that if the Eagles beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, they were going to sweep the Cowboys. So by that logic, I think this this Seahawks uh, game is their last potential real loss. I think if you beat the Seahawks and you beat the Cowboys, the way Chip Kelly coaches his team, there's no way you lose to the Giants or the or the Washington Football no. Team. No, I don't think so either. And I, this is you know just like we said at the top of the show, the this was the most important one here um and now even a, a seattle loss doesn't really kill you but it it definitely helps it keeps you ahead of san francisco just in case you lose to dallas when they come home here but yeah i'm looking at the statue just from yesterday here blg Marshawn lynch 20 carries 104 yards um i think uh russell wilson yeah russell wilson 236 yards passing 22 pass attempts so i mean uh when when you look at this are you getting are you pretty confident or are you still kind of in wait and see mode here? Well, it's it's definitely a big advantage that the Eagles are at home. You know, obviously they've won ten in a row there, regular season games. Seattle's only three and three on the road this year. They're five and one at home in the meantime. Uh that one loss was to Dallas at home. So so if the Eagles can beat the Cowboys, then obviously, you know, and the Cowboys can beat the Seahawks, so the Eagles can beat the Seahawks. You know, it's that yeah. simple, obviously. But uh no, seriously here, the uh <laughs> See, the Seahawks haven't been that impressive this year. I mean, uh, look at their last. Everyone's talking about how they're white hot right now. Don't totally buy it. Yeah. Uh, heading into this five and one stretch, they lost to the Cowboys at home by a touchdown. They only they lost to the Rams on the road by two points. Then they went to only beat the Panthers by four. Yeah, they, I think they only scored one touchdown that game. Uh, then they, they, they beat the Raiders only by six at home, and the Raiders almost recovered an onside kick late in that game to make it close. Uh, they beat the Giants at home pretty handily. Uh, lost to the Chiefs on the road. Lost to Andy. Didn't look too hot there. Then they beat a Cardinals team that has Drew Stanton a quarterback. You know, really not, I think, especially because they were in Seattle. And then they beat the Niners, who are kind of just, you know, they haven't been impressive at home. They lost to the Bears at home at one point. I, I, so... I don't really think the Seattle Seahawks are white hot. I think they're a good team. I think it's going to be a good matchup. I do agree with the run game thing. I think that, you know, again, uh, an area where the Eagles could uh, match up that benefits them for sure. Don't think it's going to be easy win by any means, but certainly a winnable game. Yeah. And you look at it and you think, well, you know, that defense is still really good. And I I, I would agree with you for the most part, but you even saw the Giants be able to, to find holes in there. The only problem was that, they don't really have a defense, and they got you know they got steamrolled in there. I mean, you you, you even look back. I, I don't know when Percy Harvin was traded on when October eighteen seventeenth. Okay, so I mean, you look at it just from there, and that's basically the Rams, you know, Panthers, and you just kind of saw a dip in how t- teams would play them differently, and you're seeing it a lot right now. Um, the 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 problem is with the well, a lot of the people that just like Brandon was touching on, there's just not a lot of offensive output from them and I think when you kind of match this up against the Chip Kelly offense I don't know I'm feeling pretty pretty 
pretty, pretty good about it. But again, that's coming off of a huge win this week. But, you know, uh, 10 days to prepare when they come in. You got to feel good about the, the Eagles' chances making a, a good run here. And, man, to, to say on this day that the Eagles still right there for a first-round bye is an absolute crazy feat that I don't think any of us would have expected given the injuries, given all the, the oddities of the, the beginning of the season and um, just everything else. BLG, Patrick Wall, we'll start with you, actually. Final thoughts, my friend. How you feeling? I'm feeling great, John. Let me tell you. This <laughs> this. Uh, this is what we this is what we love the game for, right? We're at the best part of the season. The Eagles are in first place. They're, I believe, the third seed in the NFC. Uh, this is this is where it gets fun. Everybody's getting healthy. Everybody's starting to click. Quarterbacks playing well. Lines playing well. Running backs playing well. Defense is getting it together. Uh, I mean, bring it on. This is you know this is what hooks us into football, and this is. This is it, man. I can't wait. BLG, final thoughts. Yeah, I definitely think the one spot is de- home field advantage is definitely still in play here. You know, the Cardinals have some games coming up, but they have Drew Stanton. Reigns to be seen how they're going to fare with him. Packers will be tough. Uh, they have the Patriots this week. You know, if they lose that one, the Eagles run the table. Then you know, the Eagles have pretty much first place in the. Yeah, they will have first in the in the NFC, depending on how the Cardinals do. Just you know, just really. Uh, really key couple games still coming up here. You know, you, you have to take care of business against the, the Seahawks and the and the, uh, the Cowboys again. I think that Cowboys game is going to be awesome. Environment at the link is just going to be nuts. Oh, yeah. And then you have those those two games at the end of the season, which are kind of I don't know that Washington game just has a weird feel to me. Uh, we'll we'll get into that later. But uh, you know, just just good win yesterday, obviously. And one random thing, I really like that Josh Huff carry at the end of the game. I think yes. for some reason, I feel like they should just give him a touch here and there. Why not? Yeah, I mean that was uh, <laughs> granted it was like the last offensive play, but yeah, I mean he, um, man, that guy runs hard. I mean, it really does. He's he has uh, he's got the kill, maim, destroy eyes when he has the ball. I think that's why I'm drawn to him. I know that's why a lot of the, the Eagles personnel, as we heard Jimmy Kemsky say. They, they're still really high on them. Um, I, I would really like to see that going forward. I think the, the thing that we have to do is also just become Cardinals fans here. I, I, I would I would like to see them win out and beat you know the Seahawks and the 49ers at the end just in case. Someone is going to get screwed uh, because of the NFC South. <laughs> Someone's going to get screwed. So um, I don't think it's going to be the Eagles. I, I would think that it would be Dallas, and that would be hilarious if they could somehow, you know, still go 10-6 and six and miss the playoffs. That would make me very happy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, great win, great week. Enjoy the next 10 days because, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be bathing in chocolate. I, th- I think that's really all I want to do, guys. This is this has been a, a phenomenal week. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Once again, thank you all for listening to uh, BGN Radio, episode number 68. For myself, John Barchard, for Brandon Lee Gouton, and, of course, for Patrick Wall, we thank you so much for listening right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.